going on good morning how you doing today this is one-way conversation podcast where you get in the car with me head off to work and you enjoy my commute with me and you listen to me blabber on ramble on about whatever nonsense comes across my mind whatever shit i got off my chest sometimes it's a show about sports sometimes it's a show about i don't know just what's going on in the world Sometimes it's about a little bit of life, you know. Sometimes talk a little bit about the personal things. I don't get very personal, but I can talk a little bit about, uh, you know, just uh, personal situations and how we deal with certain life changes and shit like that. I don't know. That was a weird fucking description of what I talk about, but whatever. I, I talk about just about everything. Today's going to be a sports day, though. Today looks like all sports from uh, start to finish. As we race to our train. I know, it's pathetic. What a fucking pathetic way to live. Always rushing, getting around. What's the song? Uh, How does it go? It's a Sinatra song. Or he sang it. I don't know if it's one of his songs, but he sang it. Uh, What's new, man? 25 hours. Something shit. 24 hours. It's not enough for a day. I don't know. Whatever. It's all about... It's all about a guy who just, who just, all he does is fucking rush around, never has enough time for anything. How about this one? How about cats in the cradle and the silver spoon, little boy blue and the man in the moon, right? Because, uh, shit, I just rushed out of the house, leave my kids behind. My daughter was upset with my son, and I gotta fucking leave that shit behind. I wanna talk to him, be like, no, don't be upset. I gotta fucking rush out of the house to catch this goddamn train. What a miserable way to live. Because if I miss it, then I get fucking awkward conversations about being late. Meanwhile, all the work gets done all the same. <laughs> all the work is done. You know, just it's a, it's a matter of uh, knowing when you got to do and when you got to do it. All right, let's get into the fucking sports so I don't sit here and babble on about work all morning, right? Last night, Monday night football, Eli Manning. Came out of his early retirement for a game. Play in Philadelphia. A place of many a heartbreak in his tenure. Uh, leading the Giants behind center. And that first half, man, really had me questioning myself. He just, he looked, he looked great. <laughs> he was on point. Connected with Slayton, who he didn't really have a chance to play with earlier in the year. Slayton was like early, like three catches for 89 yards or something. That was just, those were his first three catches caught uh, from Eli Manning all season. So it's like, oh man, like did Eli? All Eli really needed was a healthy Slayton, and uh, do we do we jump the gun on him? I'll just question myself, just like going back, like what what could have been if Eli had stayed quarterback? Like, was he, did he just need a little bit of time to turn the page? And I was wondering, how oh, what, what could the season have been if Eli Manning was our quarterback all year? I mean, it's a ridiculous thing to think of. Because I was behind from the get-go. I was like, just, just let us fucking bench him. Just, why? Why are you playing him anymore? It didn't make any sense. 
And then last night he comes out, looks great in the first half. I mean, he looked great. He was on point. Um, he was he was uh, finishing drives off, a couple of touchdowns. And even Barker looked pretty good. You know, Barker wasn't a world beater, but he had a couple of nice runs. The defense was playing pretty well. And I'm just like kind of wondering, what's going on here? Were we all just fucking wrong on Eli Manning? And then the second half comes, and they have they three and out more times than not. Every fucking drive ends in a punt. Dropped passes, missed, you know, missed passes, stuffed runs, and the defense all of a sudden is on their heels. So after going up 17-3 at half... 20 nothing the rest of the way. Eagles win in OT. And it's just, you know, it's just that's the season. And you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Okay. Eli's Eli's done. He's been done. If he wants to play again next year, all the more power to him. I hope he finds a team that he can suit up with. Alright. There it the problem is if you hang on for too long, like he has with one team. You move past that point where you're a serviceable veteran to the point where you're taking a serious gamble. He's 39 years old. To, to bring him into another team is a ridiculous gamble. If you want him to start for your team, or even to back up your team, because it's, it's a lot for a guy of his, after his career, to say, all right, I'm going to go back up, I don't know, Kyler Murray. I'm going to go back up, um, I don't know, fucking... I don't know. I don't know who. I don't know where he would go. I was just trying to think of a young quarterback. So he's he's to the point where he's going to be a he needs to be a veteran backup because I don't. There's not anybody's going to want him to start unless they have an injury, and you want you want him to be a stopgap until your guy gets healthy. But then is he like is he like Manning going to be taking? How much of a pay cut is he going to be taking to play football? He's, he's, gonna really, he's really going to want to play for another year and and be somebody's backup. So this is it. All right, he might play again on Sunday against the Dolphins. Dan Jones' is high ankle sprain. Probably keep him out for another week at least. Maybe we'll see Eli play out the stretch here because high, high ankle sprain, why risk it with your future quarterback? Let him get a jump start on, on the offseason. Rehab the ankle. Just get healthy, stay healthy. Don't risk any further injury to, to the leg or ever. And just let Eli run out the stretch. So, and Pat Shermer, I like to think he's trying to win games, but I don't know, man. That guy's. How. I, I have no serious play call complaints from last night, but he's not a good play caller. Does this team really want to play for him? I mean, yeah, they came out hot in the first half. But I don't know if that's anything to do with Sharmer. It's tough It's tough to quit in football, man. Because if you quit in football, the other team's going to mow you down. They're going to roll over you. They're going to they're, you're gonna get hurt. It's not a game you can just quit in. Okay? You can't just, like, stop playing defense. You're going to get hurt. Your teammates are going to get hurt. He 
You can't put the you can't leave the bat on the shoulders. You can't let a guy drive by you. It's just no, you can't. There is no way to really quit in football. So if if you quit, then you then you have completely lost the team, and then you should never be a football coach again. Shermer, I think he shouldn't be a football coach again, but it's more because he's just he's terrible. He's a born loser. You guys a born loser. After the win, after their win where uh, they beat Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay missed a field goal. How fucking he had like this grin on his and his face from ear to ear. And you just know right then and there, if that's enough to make you a grin, I you escape by the skin of your nuts, man. You should have been out there being like, wow, we really got handed one. We got a lot of things we got to work on. Feels good to get this win under us. Feels good to get Danny's first win. We got a lot to work on, and work starts tomorrow morning. You know, but he was grinning from ear to ear, talking about the media, how they got gotten on him, and well, how about, how about, look at us now. Hey, look at us now. No, man, you're a fucking born loser. You got to go. You're out of here, man. You're a born fucking loser. Okay, maybe he should go sell insurance or something. Get his fucking real estate license. Sell real estate. He doesn't belong on a football field, man. Everything's about improvements, how they looked. Right, yeah, you guys are making a lot of improvements. Fucking couldn't, couldn't put together a drive in the second half. Couldn't hold, couldn't hold a 17-3 lead, a two-score lead. You got to find a way, and you have a guy in Saquon Barkley who's kind of built to help you eat the clock up. So if you're up two touchdowns and you're not finding ways to use that guy to put together a couple drives of more than four fucking plays. You don't deserve to be a fucking head coach in this league. So, I mean, look. Give him all the credit for the 17 points in the first half, right? I mean, he put together those drives too. The defense stopped. A depleted Eagles offense. Everybody's hurting the Eagles, and Alshon Jeffrey gets hurt early in the game. They have nobody. Miles Sanders is hurt. And uh, shit, I remember the fucking quarter, uh, the running back's name, number 35. It was, looked great. Zach Ertz gets lost in overtime. Is wide open. Zach Ertz had a fucking game, man. Gets lost in overtime, wide open for the game-winning touchdown. Giants don't even see the ball in overtime. Not that he would have done anything with it. Four and out. You can't punt in overtime. You can't punt when you're down three in overtime. They're going four and out, man. It's not like the Eagles have some ball-hawking defense or anything like that either. So now things are interesting in the NFC East. <laughs> As two teams under 500 fight for <laughs> fighting for the right to host a game in January in the playoffs. It's insane. And look, we all know the Cowboys aren't a terrible team. 
they're not great. You have the, you have a bad another bad coach. And a guy who's just kind of falling apart for a couple weeks here at the wrong part of the season. Wow, a, a, a Cowboys quarterback who fucking falls apart in December? Oh my goodness. Had a great September, October, November, first three months. And then just can't put it together in December? Huh, that sounds awfully familiar. For all those people out there who miss Tony Romo so much, this guy's the fucking spit and image. A Tony Romo. As he's uh, struggling to get this team going here, Dag Prescott, a lot in common with his, with his predecessor. So, look, I have opportunity to maybe go to the Dolphins-Giants game on Sunday, and I kind of want to go. I was at Eli's first home game against Atlanta back in the day. To go see Miami, play the Giants, what could probably be, what would be Eli's last, right? Because I think their last, oh no, they have one more game because they host the Eagles the last game of the season. So they do have another home game after the Dolphins game. But if Daniel Jones comes back, this would be Eli's last home game if he plays. I'm not sure I'm going to take these tickets. This t- I have one ticket. I'm not sure I'm going to take this ticket and join this party, but... Uh, <laughs> I mean, to watch the two, a two and eleven, and a, the two and eleven Giants and the three and ten Dolphins go at it on a Sunday afternoon. I, uh, it's <laughs> it's as enticing as it sounds. We'll see. To be determined. Yesterday, Stephen Strasburg. Signed a seven-year deal, $245 million to, to pitch for the Washington Nationals for basically the rest of his career. And the happiest guy in the world is Scott Boris. Yankees' original offer to Garrett Cole was seven for 245 and now, uh, and now that's not going to fly. Garrett's going to be looking for a little more than that. I don't know the numbers exactly. I heard it mentioned maybe 10 years, 30, uh, 300 million. Don't do that, man. See, Cashman's in this unenviable position right now where he, he's expected to sign this guy. And the numbers are all monopoly numbers to everybody involved. But real world, Cashman has to make a decision. Like, okay, you're signing Cole, and he's going to be your ace for four years maybe. So you're trying to decide, okay, at least four years worth the back end that aren't as productive, okay? And you need to be sure that Garrett Cole's on board to not just ride the contract out. He's going to want to find ways to reinvent himself as a pitcher in his twilight years. When he loses a little bit of stuff, when he's when he's got to find ways to pitch, you know, is he going to be willing to put the time in? Okay, you don't want a guy who's there losing it and just fucking shrugs and goes out there to get creamed after four innings. You want a guy who wants to reinvent himself. Wants to find new ways to pitch. Wants to become a pitcher in the late stage of his of his career. That's a big commitment. And you get into and, and again you get into this thing where you have these owners who get into a little dick swinging contest. Um, that's kind of refereed by Boris. And Cashman, I think, 
the analytics comes into here with the numbers. I mean, this is accounting, so you have to kind of use the analytics for this. Yes, I want Garrett Cole to pitch as a Yankee this year and in the next couple of years, okay? And you more or less guarantee, you don't guarantee, I mean, but you more or less say, look, we expect to be in the World Series at least once in the next three years. And you hope multiple trips to the World Series in the next three years if you're signing Garrett Cole to that deal. Now, is it is it worth it to you as a uh, as a general manager? Is it is that what's the cutoff? Because I think seven two forty five seems pretty fair. I don't see a, oh, Cole had the game, the season of his life this past season, but overall, is he going to be better than Strasburg? You know, for the life of that contract, or is he going to be just similar to Strasburg? But, you know, again, and the Dick Swing contest goes to the players, too, because now Garrett Cole wants to get more than what Strasburg got. So he's looking to to up the ante uh, from that perspective. So you might just get a a guy coming in that says, fuck it, where Cashman is looking at it from a number standpoint. That's not, you know, and he's getting killed. If he doesn't sign this guy, he's going to get killed. All right. But let's let's not forget, he got killed last year for not signing Harper not signing Machado and bringing in DJ LeMayu. Everybody, oh, who the fuck is DJ LeMayu? Sign Harper. Sign Machado. And LeMayu is a fucking godsend. The MVP of the fucking team. So as much as it pains me to say if Cash walks away, It might be for the best. There's definitely a cutoff. It's definitely a cutoff. I think 10 years is too much. 10 for 300, the Dodgers can fucking have him. The Angels can fucking have him. Okay, you go play with Mike Trout, and you guys have a nice season, and go to Eagles games together in October. All right, because you guys won't be playing in the playoffs. I don't give a shit you brought in Madden. I don't give a shit you have Otani. And I don't give a shit you're going to bring in Cole. You guys are not making it to October. Sorry, your team just sucks. I have no fucking faith in the Angels. And I don't think Garrett Cole's going to put them over the top. And I don't think Madden's going to put them over the top. You got to you got to put together a team, man. You got to put together some winners. All right, that's it for me. Let's see, am I going to make this fucking train? Oh, I might. Have a great fucking day, everybody. Be back uh, tomorrow with Wednesday's one-way conversation. Hope you kick some ass on this Tuesday. Take some names. And uh, as always, don't take any shit from anybody. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Here on One Way. Peace.